Hey, ghoul friends, it's me, Adrian. Or Aiden, either way, I'm still your host, and you are still listening to Susto, the podcast of ooky, spooky, scary stories. So welcome back, those of you that uh, this is not your first time. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for being part of the Susto family. If this is your first time, welcome. No, don't worry. You're fashionably late. It's okay. Don't even fret about it. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Some of you may have noticed something different. I mentioned this before, and if you are part of the Patreon, then you then you saw patreon.com slash Susto podcast, then you've already seen the new logo. I know it's a little different. It's something new. I talked about this on a previous episode before as well, but again, only those that are patrons saw what the logo was. And so yeah, if you're listening to this, if you got the update, look at your phone. You can see the logo is different. It's new. This It's what I talked about. Um, I really like it. I think it's super cool. I think it's, it's a little bit more fresh. I think it's like the next evolution, as one of my friends called it, of Susto. It's the next step. I, I designed it from scratch myself, and I'm I'm really proud of it. So uh, I hope you like it too. So if you like it, make sure to go to the Susto social medias. I'm going to post about it and uh, like the post. Tell me what you think of the logo. If you don't like it or if you have criticism, keep it to yourself. <laughs> it, honestly, if you don't like it or if you do have criticism, you can share it with me, but I, I like it. I really think it fits the show better. I think it's cleaner. I think it's nicer. I think it's a bit more modern. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I just like it and I hope you do too. So if you do, make sure to go and leave some love on the Susto social medias at Susto podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, if you saw the Twitch stream, then you saw that the logo was on there. So I kind of teased it in that way without saying anything. I have been doing some really fun stuff. So uh, if y'all didn't catch the stream that I did with one of my best friends, April, we did a stream where we played Phasmophobia. That was so much fun. And I kid you not, I I didn't even realize how much time had passed. But before I knew it, I checked like how long we're streaming for. And it was already like four hours. We streamed for nearly five hours. And I just didn't even know that we were doing that for that long. So anybody that tuned in and watched that and was... um was actively like interacting with us. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And that's something that we definitely want to do again. So keep an eye out for that. If you missed it, it should still be up on Twitch. And like all of my other social medias, it's going to be at Susto Podcast. Twitch has an app and their website as well. I think they also have a desktop app. So however you want to view it, you can download the app. You can just go to the website, twitch.com, and you can check it out there. Of course, thank you, Omar and my boyfriend, Jeff, for being there streaming with us and uh, helping us run everything. It was super fun. So again, just keep your eyes peeled for streams in the future because that's definitely something we're going to be doing. Speaking of streams, I got to do a panel with Esquiline. And if you don't know what Esquiline is, please go and check out their uh, social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I tagged them, I think, on all three of the platforms this last week because they invited me to do a panel with them and with uh, one of the hosts of the Monstras podcast. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, I highly recommend it. They also talk about like spooky folklore and like all things creepy and horror through a feminist lens. I had such a good time. Only one of the hosts of Monstras was on the stream and it was Dr. Orquieda Morales. And the other host that wasn't on the stream was Brenda Salguero. If you did not get to catch that stream live, as always, it's going to be up on the Esquiline Facebook. Again, I tagged them in all of my social medias uh, leading up to the day of the panel and I shared the stream itself on uh, the Susto Facebook. So You can find it. Make sure to go watch it. That one was a super fun conversation. We had a great time, of course, talking about our love for all things spooky. And it was also fun because... uh, 
our moderator, Mandy, is a kind of a scaredy cat. <laughs> so it was super fun just kind of uh, just uh, getting to spook Mandy on the stream as well. So yeah, shout out to Esquilene, shout out to Montra's podcast as well for that. It was a super fun experience. So I'm actually planning to do a live stream on the 25th. So if you're listening to this, it's uh, either you're listening to this on Wednesday because you have early access as a patron on patreon.com slash sustopodcast. Uh, all patrons get early access to the episodes by uh, one full day. So again, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, the st- stream is going to be happening today, a little bit later on in the day. Or if you're listening to this on Thursday, like everybody else, then the stream probably happened yesterday. So if you're hearing this on Wednesday, keep your eyes peeled for that stream. It'll probably be on Facebook at sustopodcast. I'm just going to be doing some wax pouring of the wax stamps the seals that i do on the letters that i send out and i guess like an impromptu q a and uh if you are listening to this on thursday wasn't that such a fun stream didn't you have such a great time asking all those questions and talking to me and watching me just pour wax because it's oddly satisfying and if you didn't catch it then i'm sure it's going to be live on the on the susto facebook for a while so you can just uh re-watch it there if you missed it okay so hopefully you have not skipped i will probably repeat this at the end for anyone that skipped because I think this is really important. So something that I've been wanting to do for a long time for the show is to transcribe the episodes. I mean, essentially all that is is it's just it's a full transcript or like a closed captioning, if you will, of the entire episode. This is intended for mainly the deaf or hard of hearing community. It's something that I've been thinking about for a while and I started looking more into it and I realized like it, it is, it's a big issue with podcasts, especially not a lot of podcasts are or not enough, I guess I should say, are uh, doing the extra work to make sure that podcasts are accessible and available to as many people as possible. I I just, I've actually been looking more and more into it now that I have more time on my hands. I, these are going to be coming out like as fast as I can do them because I'm actually going to be doing them myself. I'm not going to be paying um, a subscription service. And if you don't know how to do this, apparently this is a feature on Microsoft Word for like the online version. I do have access to the Microsoft suite, thankfully. So that's something that I'm able to do. And then essentially the way it works is I put in the audio, it transcribes what it can for me, and then I have to go back and follow along the transcription while listening to the episode to make sure that everything is correct, make the corrections, like format it, make it look decent. So if you know anyone that would like those transcripts, um, if you know anyone that maybe this would make it more easy for them to listen to the episode or to actually consume the episode, the transcripts are going to be available on Buzzsprout, which is the host of the podcast. So it's susto.buzzsprout.com. And uh, in the episodes, you go to each episode, you click on the episode, and the transcript will be a part of it. So let me go. There's actually one up right now for the La Llorona episode. That one, I did it. I'm going to try and do them in order and uh, that one might be a little difficult to find because I had to re-upload it so it's actually on the website susto.busprout.com it's between episode 12 and 13 and it's marked as episode number one re-release La Llorona so I'm looking at it right now you click on the episode it's going to pull you up the page and the little player you scroll down and it should show a tab that says transcript there is where you can click and the transcript will be available and uh, I really tried to kind of break this down in a way that follows the episode in a way that was like easy to like skip through if you wanted to skip from like the intro to the story itself if you want to go look at the context like it's all there and yeah so the 
these are going to be coming out as fast as I can make them. <laughs> yeah, so if this is something that you've done, if you have any advice for me, let me know. It, it seems pretty straightforward to me, but there might be something that I'm missing because again, I'm doing this on my own for the first time. So yeah, just something to think about and something to put out there if you know someone that would benefit from this or that has requested this it's it's going to be a thing now so with all of that out of the way and taken care of we are going to dive into the episode and today i'm going to be telling the story of the see what the dale The Cihuatl is a female spirit in Mexico that originated from ancient Aztec mythology. They are deified spirits of women who died in childbirth. In Aztec mythology, childbirth is viewed as a battle of sorts, and women who died during childbirth were viewed as fallen warriors. In death, these Cihuatl, aka divine women, are feared and known for causing both physical and mental illness and stealing children. On traditional feast days, it is said the Siwatateo haunt crossroads in the darkest part of the night. They lay in wait for their victims, hoping for young ones. Skip forward to modern times where Mexican parents still warn their children to stay indoors and hide on feast days, for they fear a Siwatateo may kidnap them. If they succeed in taking a child, all that is left behind is a sacrificial knife. These spirits were feared in ancient times because it was believed they caused sickness, paralysis, and seizures. The Aztecs also believed the Cihuatateo could possess their victims' bodies. Men were cautioned to beware, for these spirits would seduce them. The Aztecs gave the Cihuatateo offerings on feast days in order to appease them, these consisted of bread or tamales shaped like butterflies or lightning. They were left at altars or at crossroads. The Siwatateo are described as having skeleton faces, claws for hands, and pale white limbs. They wore horned headdresses, black blouses, white sandals, and skirts embroidered in several colors. Statues that the Aztecs made depicting the Siwatateo are always naked from the waist up because they were likened to the spirits of male warriors who died in violent conflict, they were given the same privilege as men who fell in battle. They were allowed to go to the heaven of the sun, which was an honor. After four years, their spirits could then inhabit the clouds. It was at this point they were turned into Siwatateo or goddesses. Then they were allowed to return to their earthly homes, where their former husbands sometimes saw them. Women who died in childbirth were so powerful after death their bodies had to be guarded by loved ones to prevent theft. Warriors would steal their middle fingers and hair, for it was believed that if these items were placed on their shields, they became braver in battle. It was also believed these two relics blinded their enemies. Statues of the Siwatateo were placed in a shrine dedicated to the Siwateot in the main temple precinct in Tenochtitlan. They were normally carved or molded as a fearsome-looking goddess perched on her clawed feet, her back slightly arched, bare-breasted, wearing an unadorned skirt. She was placed in a position of worship. Be it a demon or a goddess, detested or worshipped, 
always dependent on the individual's belief of the Siwatateo. This one was interesting to do because I I personally did not want to present this as like a super like spooky story like this is something that you should fear. There are different beliefs that surround the Siwatateo. So let me just get into it. I think it's interesting because in all of like the research that I was doing and like even in putting the story together, they're referenced multiple times as like divine and they're held to a high regard because these are people that lost their lives during childbirth. And according to all these uh, links that I found, and you can see all of these links on the Susto Google Docs on the Patreon, they were held to the same regard as the warriors were. And they were allowed to enter the same afterlife as the warriors because it was a different like special afterlife that they had access to. And so, yeah, they were held in such a high regard. But then the belief continues that although they were held in such high regard, when they return to like this realm or to like this earthly dimension, however you want to call it, basically when they come back from the other side, they're they're feared. People are scared of them. And it doesn't seem like it's like a respect. It seems like people are scared of them in like a negative way. I think that's different. I I think there's a difference between like fearing a deity or a god or a goddess, you know, like fearing them out of like a place of respect. And to be honest, I don't think you should fear your your deity. I think you should have like a strong, healthy relationship with them. But even then, it didn't seem that way. It seemed like they're feared because as it said, they come back and they they cause illness. They apparently uh seduce men that they take children and do god knows what with them and there's like a little kind of like it seemed like a reference to la llorona where this person lost their child and so they come back from the afterlife to take children it's again a very similar premise to la llorona but yeah and then even like when she comes back she's said to have clawed hands a skeletal face so i don't know it was, it was just it's strange to me that that is You know, why is she revered so dearly and why is she like honored in such a way? But then when they come back, you know, they're, they're, they're feared and they're basically, as it said at the end, they're regarded sometimes as a demon. But I don't know. That was strange to me. It was also, I'm not sure if you all saw like, I guess like the, what's it called? Um, the similarity from our last episode of, uh, La Sayona, the La Sayona, if you haven't listened Go ahead and check out that episode. But uh, essentially, spoiler alert and a quick like breakdown of that entity is that it's a spirit that comes back to punish adulterous men or men who cheat on their partners. And then this one, let's see what the tale. Apparently, they come back and they seduce men. Like they're they're sometimes regarded as a succubus, and I saw that word in a few of the pages that I was looking at. So that was also interesting that those two they're like they're they're conflicting kind of what's it called they're conflicting actions that the 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 spirits have now granted they're from different parts of the world so that could be why but i'm going to go through some of the links that i found so this one some of the mythology says that the Siwatateo resided in a region in the west known as Siwatlampa, the place of women. Each day they guided the sun into the west from noon until sunset and are occasionally suggested to have even borne it through the underworld until it rose again. They were aided by the spirits of male warriors and this practice of guiding the sun was seen as exclusive to these two groups of the deceased. It was an honor that was not bestowed on any other individuals. 
you see so there's this it's like this really it's 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 beautiful it's a beautiful belief <laughs> and then like i mentioned earlier they come back as like uh, demons who steal children and seduce men let's see what else does this say while on earth they were considered to be demons of the night and often haunted crossroads roadside shrines were often erected to appease them as they were believed to steal children cause madness and seizures and induce men to adultery the figure of a see what they ought from the Metropolitan Museum of Art has been inscribed on top of her head with the name, I think it's Sekai, or One House. Um, it says, while the figure from the British Museum is inscribed with the glyph One Monkey, these indicate their respective days of descent. And so those are, I guess those are how days were marked on the calendar. Um, I don't like that museums have these. <laughs> they don't belong to them, so, but uh, oh, that's a different conversation. This is something that I also wanted to look into, the funerary practices. So it was mentioned in the story that the bodies had to be protected because they were seen as like basically holy objects at that point. And so they had to protect the bodies until the funerary services or practices uh, because people would try and steal the bodies. Uh, and, and here it says, when an Aztec woman experienced childbirth, it was seen as a violent and laborious effort likened to the intensity of battle, which is, I think, still true. Kudos to anyone that gives birth. It says, it was believed that the child was sent down to the earth by the gods and the woman had to fight and struggle in order to bring it into the world. The new newborn child was seen as a sufficient reward if she was successful and emerged victorious from her fight with the gods. But if she lost and proved unsuccessful, then she died and her soul underwent transformation into a see what they ought. Part of me doesn't like that like, oh, you were too weak. You know, I don't feel like we should be saying that about people giving birth. Like, oh, you lost a fight. It's like, no, I think it's correct. Childbirth is an intense effort. It, it's, it's, it's dangerous even. Um, and so, I don't know. I don't think it's it's okay or it's fair for someone to be like, well, that's a fight that you lost. It's like, no, I don't know. It's It doesn't, I don't know. I don't, I can't give birth. So I don't know like where my place is to speak on that. But I don't think it's fair to say that like, to call it a loss. I mean, yes, it's a loss because we're losing somebody. But to say like, you lost, it, may, it like puts the onus on the person giving birth. You know, like hopefully you get what I'm saying. And if you do, you do. Then if you don't, then I, I don't know how to explain it best. Uh, but this continues, in the case of the death of the woman, special funerary practices were carried out as the body of a woman who had died in childbirth was believed to possess special powers and magic following the departure of the soul from the body. In these special practices, the body was guarded fiercely by an armed entourage that included the widowed husband, his friends, all the midwives, and old women. This was deemed necessary due to the need to protect the woman's human remains from male warriors. Parts of the body believed to be especially potent relics for warriors were the left middle finger and the hair. According to Aztec belief, these relics had magical power and, if placed on their shields, would make the warriors brave and valiant, give them strength, and blind the eyes of their enemies. Okay, so I was hoping that would have gone more into, like, is there a special way that they laid the body to rest or for these specific cases? I was wondering about that, but it didn't say much but either way that was still really insightful and um also like i had that little like i not i don't want to say critique but i had that thought about what they believe like the fight and losing the fight and it's i'd want to clarify it's not my place to critique that's what i'm saying it was just a thought it's not like a real critique of the culture because uh, it's not my culture yeah that's I, I i respect what they believed but it was if i was presented with that information in like american or like western culture or standards then yeah i'd be like i don't know if that's right 
But even then, there are so many things that are wrong with the way that we force people to give birth now. But again, maybe that's for a different podcast or maybe it's a different conversation. But yeah. And um, yeah, at the end, they also reference here La Llorona and Soldaderas, which I think are going to be similar. It says Soldaderas are often called Adelitas. They were women in the military who participated in the conflict of the Mexican Resolution. Oh, okay. So... Yeah, it it literally, like, connects them to being, like, fighters. Here, ranging from commanding officers to combatants to camp followers, in many respects, the Mexican Revolution was not only a men's, but a women's revolution. Although some revolutionary women achieved officer status, coronelas, uh, there are no reports of a woman achieving the rank of general. Since revolutionary armies did not have formal ranks, some women officers were called generala or coronela, even though they commanded relatively few men. I, I actually, I had no idea that women also fought in the Mexican Revolution. So thank you, public school, for that. Okay, so going on to the next link, this one. Okay, this one I really want to plug. I think this is a cool website. It's uh, multoghost.wordpress.com. It's spelled M-U-L-T-O-G-O-S-T.wordpress.com. And it's uh, this person. Let me read their about page. It doesn't say much about them, but their Twitter is linked on here. And I hope they don't mind me plugging their Twitter. Yeah, their Twitter is at multoghost. And the bio says, Nina Zumel. I blog about folklore and weird fiction and on reading, writing, or anything else that I feel like. Yeah, their Twitter is still active. They posted today. So you can check that website out. I'm going to peruse this website because they or this blog because they have apparently this is they talk about spirits and spooky stuff. So I'm excited for this. But they they did a, a write up also a lot of what I found on the Wikipedia. I also found on this page. Yeah, here it says uh, see what that they all have pale skeletal faces, chalk white limbs and claws for hands. They wear gold earrings and horned headdresses, rippling black blouses, white sandals and skirts embroidered in many colors. Honestly, that sounds beautiful. I I'm not sure why people would be like scared of that, but maybe it looks different in real life <laughs> and the translation is different. But that sounds beautiful. To, I I would love to see someone illustrate this or draw this with this description that Muto Ghost posted. Again, they write about how the Aztecs considered childbirth to be a form of battle, which uh, it truly is. They talk about how they accompany the sun on its journey from noon onwards. Yeah, it says the men accompany the sun for the first half of the day and then the women for the second half of the day. That's really cool. Okay, yeah, so this is something else that uh, this just cleared it up for me and i was a little confused about when i mentioned the four years i was like does that mean that they get to spend four years in this heaven and then they are they forced to come back did they do they get to choose to come back and like i guess appear in that quote-unquote demonic form that like people fear that takes children but here on uh multo ghosts blog they wrote according to manuel aguilar moreno handbook to life in the aztec world it says after four years of joy and happiness these souls could inhabit clouds the male warriors were were changed into beautiful birds or butterflies that flew freely between heaven and earth. The women became Siwapipitlin, noble women, goddesses, and returned to their earthly homes in search of their spinning and weaving instruments. On occasion, they were made visible to their husbands. Okay, so I'm going to say that it was after those four years... They get like a, a four-year retirement kind of. I'm going to say that it, that it was a choice for them to come back because it said these souls could inhabit clouds and could to me implies that there's a choice. Like they could if they wanted to. So I'm hoping so. It says the Siwatateo were servants of Siwakwatl, our serpent woman, who is among other things. Also, a lot of these words are Nahuatl, which is a language that I do not know. <laughs> so if you hear me struggling with it, again, it's because it's this isn't Spanish. This is it's, it's a different language that I... I'm not familiar with. So again, they serve the serpent woman who is, among other things, the Aztec goddess of motherhood, midwifery, and fertility. She is also a creator goddess. When Quetzalcoatl 
gathered up the bones of the ancients from the underworld by trickery to create a new race of people. Siwakwat put the bones in a bowl and ground them to powder. All the gods shed blood into the bowl, and from the mixture they created humanity, and she is a warrior goddess as well. According to Wikipedia, the Siwatateo are also associated with Tlatzolteotl, goddess of purification, steam bath, midwives, filth, and a patroness of adulterers, no doubt because she purifies sin. Oh god, this blog is so cool. This is awesome information here. Again, it's, it's mutoghost.wordpress.com, and I have a direct link to this post on the Susto Google Docs. It says, I'm going to finish it off because there's, there's, there's a little bit left. So they continue and they write, much of, much of what I've read conflates aspects of the Siwateteo with those of another fearsome being, the Sitsi meat or Sitsimime, and vice versa. I'm not sure how it properly divides, or even if it does, one source describes the Siwateteo as a kind of meat. So I've split the descriptions in highlight to highlight each being's most popular aspects. Yeah, and I, I tried looking up this other uh, entity, and what I found is that it is a monstrous deity associated with the stars. They were depicted as skeletal female figures, wearing skirts, often with skull and crossbow design. So I can see the similarity to the Siwateteo, but the picture does look very different. I think the depiction of the Sitsi meat looks again, I think it looks super cool. <laughs> but yeah, again, Muto Ghost, I love this link so much. All right, I really enjoyed this one. I felt like it was very educational. I hope I was able to uh, introduce you to something new. Again, you can find all of those links on the Susto Google Docs. That's patreon.com slash Susto Podcast. Again, I just want to touch on a few of the updates. The new logo, if you didn't hear in the beginning, I hope you like it. Look at your phone right now, and on the now playing, there should be my little, like, the show's icon on there. Again, I hope you like it. Go to the Susto social medias at Susto Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and show some love for the new logo. Uh, transcriptions are coming out. I'm going to be working on those and putting them up as fast as I can. If you go to the podcast's host, that's susto.buzzsprout.com, and you click on the episode title, you scroll down, there's going to be a little tab that says transcript. Click on that and there's gonna be a full transcription for the show. Uh, So you can go ahead and pass it on to anybody who would like it or has a request for podcast transcriptions. And yeah, one very last thing. I still have a handful of those Susto Planchette pins up for grabs. All you need to do to get one is sign up for the top tier, the best school friends $10 tier on Patreon. And you get, of course, all the benefits that come with being a best girlfriend, but you also get your very own limited edition Susto Planchet pin. I will not be reordering these, so whatever I have in stock right now is it, and there's only a handful, so make sure that you grab yours before they are gone. Also, if you have your own scary story, your own recording, your own video, audio, whatever it is that is spooky that you may have, and you want me to share that on the show, you already know how to do that. You can DM me on social media. You can leave it in a five-star review. You can also email me at sustopodcast at gmail.com and I will do that for you. One last thing. Please, please, please put my hands together. If you could please do me a big favor, wherever you are listening to the show, subscribe to it. If you can like it, like it. If you can leave a review, please leave a review. If you don't have, uh, I guess, like a platform that allows you to leave reviews, I think like Spotify, you can go to podchaser.com 
and look for Susto and you can leave a review on there. I shared a link for that on the Susto Twitter. I'll try and post it on the other social medias. So if you could do that, I would greatly appreciate it. Even if you don't have a story to tell, if you just want to be nice, go ahead and do that as well. I'm going to stop taking up your time. I hope you all are doing well. That's what I'll leave you with and you all take care and stay safe. Bye.